हरे कृष्णा देवोटीज दंडवत प्रणाम और ग्लोरिस टू शेला प्रभुपात गुरु महाराज टुडे वी आर सो फॉर्चुनेट टू हैव हर ग्रेस वन मालनी मंजरी माता जी एंड टुडे माता जी विल इनलाइटन एस ऑन श्रीमद भागवतम कैंटो सिक्स चैप्टर वन वर्स सेवन हरे कृष्णा माता जी प्लीज टेक ओवर द कॉल Hare Krishna, thank you so much, Pooja Mata Ji. Uh, my humble obeisances to all the devotees on the call. I always feel fortunate to associate with you all and discuss Srimad Bhagavatam in the morning, uh, which helps us to come a little bit closer to Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya, which, uh, which Sutta Goswami tells when the Rishis ask, "What is that that gives ultimate benefit to all the?" devotees all the i mean all the people uh, he says like nityam bhagavata sevaya so thank you all so much we'll start with mangalacharan prayers and uh, we will uh, um, go verses 7 to 10 with if krishna permits uh, that's the goal for today om अज्ञानतिरांदस्यानाजनशलाकुरव नम श्रीचैतन्यमनोभीतूतले स्वयं कदाह्यम ददाति स्वादाकम वंदेहम श्रीगुरो श्रीयुतपदकमलगुरून्वैष्णवांश ंगी ंचन गौरांगी राधे बृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरी प्रिये वाचाकलतरुभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतिताभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नमः जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभुनिंदीयदराधरा वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नारायण नमस्कृत नरम चरोतम दीं सरस्वती व्यास तथो जय मुदीर हरे कृष्णीवतीवतम which is such a wonderful canto which establishes the glory of holy name and if any many of you might have already read if not if we read a second chance book by chilla prabhupad which almost 
speaks about the first half of the sixth canto, explains how holy name uh, is so powerful and how holy name is shelter for everything for us. So now in this canto, because we are going uh, in detail, verse by verse, um, we can see sixth canto, which explains that. So overall sixth canto, if we see like the first um, first half of it, first three chapters explains uh, about how uh, completely about Ajamila, how who is Ajamila, what is his story, how did he got distracted from the path of devotional service and then how he was given a second chance again. And later we see uh, creation by uh, daughters of Daksha, how Daksha's daughters got married to the Prajapatis, uh, Prachetas and all, so how they uh, continued the creation. So this first chapter is mostly about the, as the title says, history of life of Azamila. So we will be hearing for another one month or less than that about Ajamila, which is more or less similar to, we can always draw parallels with our lives, how we also sometimes we are very enthusiastic in performing devotional service and how one sense which is roaming uh, on something takes us away from Krishna consciousness and how chanting of holy name is so important and how it is a shelter solution for so many things. So right now we are doing seventh verse and so if we see a quick glance on the previous verses um, Maharaj um, Parikshit before asking the question he summarizes what he has heard so far from Sukadeva Goswami so he asks he tells him that you have spoken about Nivrutti Marga and Pravurti Marga in the first verses so these are the two according to the Vedic instructions you all might be knowing already, these are the two paths to, uh, to achieve the liberation or um, spiritual advancement. So one is the Nivrutti Marga and Pravurti Marga. So Prabhupada writes about this in the fourth canto, 25th, many places Prabhupada speaks about this Pravurti Marga and Nivrutti Marga. So the basic principle for these paths is religious life. So there is, um, Pravurti Marga means enjoyment sense enjoyment. The, like we do punya karmas, we do religious activities, we do um, all kind of uh, 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 religious activities for our own sense gratification or for our own betterment and then we will be elevated to the heavenly planets um, and slowly slowly in that way maybe we go towards the uh, progress. So Pravurti Marka uh, is that and uh, Nivurti Marga means spiritual advancement. So there is no chance of Nivurti Marga in the animal bodies. Animals has to come to the human form of a body or the animals, some animals who have done a lot of devotional service in the previous life. Uh, they will remember what they have done in their previous lives by the mercy of the Lord and they may get, uh, uh, they may also advance spiritually. And we have examples of that. Gajendra and uh, Bharat Mara's story which we have already completed. Gajendra Moksha, Gajendra's pastime will come in future in 8th Canto which is such a wonderful pastime uh, which explains how practicing devotional service when we are healthy and heal and when we are, everything is going good helps us in types of in time of crisis. So but it is very difficult otherwise it's very difficult for animals and de demons um, um, 
and Pravurti Marga actually maintains even though one has the propensity for sense gratification he gratifies see uh, Pravurti Marga is still good than not following any other Marga because there is sense enjoyment but sense enjoyment within the boundaries of the Dharma following still the Vedic uh, culture and enjoying so nowadays we see enjoyment up away from Vedic culture but uh, Pravati Marga enjoyment within the Vedic culture um, and it follows the Vedic instructions based on the ashramas that we are in Brahmacharya, Gruhastha, Vanaprastha and Sanyasa and within those ashramas uh, under the boundaries of Dharma we still enjoy actually so that is what is Pravati Marga uh, Nivurti Marga is completely uh, towards the spiritual upliftment um, and understanding that all this um, Nivurti Marga however is on the transcendental realization actually so sex is forbidden social orders like um, uh, Brahmacharya, Gruhastha, Vanaprastha and Sanyasa and only in the householder life uh, there are certain enjoyments allowed so these are the two ways which already explained in second canto and third canto by Sukadeva Goswami so that's why Parishit Maharaj is saying you have already explained this to me and what else you did you also explained about the hellish planets that's what the fifth canto last chapter concludes so he says that he explained about the hellish and he says that you have also explained me about the dynasties because he goes through Dhruvacharitra, Priyavarta, Uttanapada who are the sons of Swayambhu Manu and he explains about the whole Vedic cosmology so Parishit Maharaj is a very very attentive listener just by listening and here uh, repeating what we are listening or memorizing what we are listening or just speaking in the day what I have heard today or writing down somewhere what we have heard actually elevates us very strongly or brings a great progress in our spiritual life Srinvatam Svakata Krishna Punya Sravana Kirtanaha Prudayantasto Hiyabhadrani Vidunoti Suhrut Sada Krishna Sutta Goswami says to all the sages just listening Srinvatam Svakata Krishna hearing to the pastimes of the Lord by just hearing to the pastimes of the Lord all those inauspicious things all those hankerings in your heart for material enjoyment gets cleansed away by the Lord and irrevocable love for the Lord gets established in our heart so when anybody is saying that hearing and chanting is so powerful and that too most important thing that which all of all of many of you are engaged or many of us are engaged in otherwise is a regular hearing and chanting in a, in a particular time in a, uh, uh, that helps even longer even better so that's what he uh, Parikshit Maharaj acknowledges that you have explained all these things but now please can you kindly tell me how can I escape these hellish planets how can I not even go to these hellish planets or suffer these sinful lives you know the a brief introduction of the hellish planets itself is so scary we should get that alert in, from inside that uh, whatsoever I should not be going through these hellish planets and suffering those sufferings so that's what his concern is and he asked that so the seventh verse Sri Sukhavuvacha Naced Ihaiva Pachitam Yatam Hasa Krutasya Kuryan Mana Uktapani Bihi 
ध्रुवम सवै प्रेत्य नरकान उपैती Translation in Parfait by Srila Prabhupada. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Finaniyam. Sri Sukha Vuvacha. Srila Sukhadeva Goswami said, Na, na, ched, if, iha, within this life, eva, certainly, apaschitam, contraction. Apaschitam means atonement, contraction. Yatha, duly, amhasaha krutasya. When one has performed sinful activities, Kuryat performs mana with mind, ukta words, panivihi and with the senses. Dhruvam undoubtedly saha, that person, why indeed, pretya after death, narakan, different various varieties of hellish conditions. Upaiti attains a which kirtita were already described, me by me, bhavataha unto you, tigmayatanaha, in which there is a very terrible suffering. Sukadeva Goswami replied, My dear king, if before one's next death, whatever impious act, acts one has performed in this life with his mind, words and body are not contracted through proper atonement according to the description of Manu Samhita and other Dharma Shastras, one will certainly enter the hellish planets after death and undergo terrible suffering as I have previously described to you. So this is what Sukadeva Goswami is answering. Actually from 7 to 10 verses, Sukadeva Goswami says, how by a karma kanda, by fruitive activities or by kind of certain religious activities mentioned in Vedas, one can atone the sins that they have performed uh, in all their lives. But I don't know how many of us will remember what kind of sins we have performed. Or first and most importantly, many of us doesn't even agree or accept that we have performed any sin. Most of the times we think that we are right. Whatever we are doing is right. And if we justify that rightness or we find a loophole to satisfy ourselves. So I don't know how we can perform. And Parshit Maharaj is going to explain the same concern in 9th and 10th verses. So that's why I club these four verses. So that we can see the option that <coughs> Sukadeva Goswami is providing. Sukadeva Goswami, after speaking the five cantos so much, really wanted to test Parshit Maharaj. Whether Parshit Maharaj is going to accept this solution of doing karmakandic activities to atone his sins. He, he even proposes from 10th verse the Gnanakanda activities to him also how he can atone his sins. Later he establishes how bhakti is the only solution to atone the sins. So that is the progress that we are going to make through these verses. So if we know the uh, basic or important line that we are going to look in these verses, that helps us a lot to understand these verses even better. So that's why I'm telling here. So not only by actions, by mind and by words, sins are committed. And we know in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna already says, when Arjuna asks, what is that that is pushing me to perform sinful activities, Krishna? 
I go as if I am pushed, forced, even though I am a man of discrimination. I know that what is right, what is wrong. I have read Sastras. I've heard about the hellish planets. I know the punishments that I get. Still, I have no control on myself at that point of time. Sins are committed accidentally or unintentionally, sometimes premeditated, sometimes well-planned sins. We make plans and schemes to insult somebody, to give it back to somebody, thinking that they need it, they deserve it. So I often hear in my household from my four and five-year-old, uh, when they quarrel among themselves, they say like, you know, she deserves it. So I, I keep to put the idea in her head that, you know, you are nobody to decide what someone else deserves. Because you don't have a complete picture of what's happening in the previous lives of you or others. So it's the same thing. But I, when I contemplated on that thought, most of us also think in the same way. When we are hurt or when uh, something is happening, we think that somebody deserves what the treatment that we are doing towards them. Um, little we know that if somebody is sinning, if we also sin, both of us will suffer for our sins. We don't know that. And we think that words, uh, by speaking hurting words or by insulting somebody by words, uh, is not a big deal. Uh, but the Sastras say that it is as bigger as killing somebody. Um, with, when you are killing somebody with words, it's as good as killing somebody uh, uh, with a knife. So, very important that sins can be, to understand that we can commit sins. In this life or in, we have committed in the previous lives or in the future lives if we are taking, my mind, words and body. And if we don't counteract those sins before the end of our life, so what Sukadev Goswami is guaranteeing here is that, and those sins atonement should be done according to the Manu Sampita and Dharma Shastras explained in Vedas. Not in our own way, in our own concussions like, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, which is not prescribed in the Vedas and I will atone my sins. No. It is, should be according to the Manusamita and Dharma Shastra. First of all, we have to learn them. We have to know them, what they are saying. And we have to accept that we have committed that sin. Most importantly, we have to remember that we have committed that sin. And then only we will go for prayas chitta, right? Atonement. We have to go after the atonement. And then we have to atone and practice those atonements. I don't think a one lifetime will be enough for uh, uh, for many um, for many of the people who have done the sins uh, to atone those sins. So Parikshit Maharaj is confirming here. Sorry, uh, Sukadev Goswami is confirming here to Parikshit Maharaj that before but before one dies, if he does not atone for the sins that he has performed by mind, body, and words, he will definitely visit hellish planets after death, and he will undergo terrible sufferings. He says that terrible sufferings, Narakan, different varieties of Dhruvam, he says, undoubtedly, there is no doubt, undoubtedly he will undergo terrible sufferings as I have previously described to you. So I have already given, I have already explained you a glimpse of the hellish planets and he will definitely going to go through those hellish planets. So that's the verdict given by Sukadev Goswami here. Srila Vishwanath Chakravati Thakura, I'm reading purport. Srila Vishwanath Chakravati Thakura mentions that although Maharaj Parikshit was a pure devotee, Sukadeva Goswami did not immediately speak to him about the strength of devotional service. So this is what I, as I explained before, whatever the, whatever the uh, 
whatever the means which Sukadeva Goswami has mentioned now to atone the sins is Karma Kanda because he is asking him to refer to Manu Samhita and uh, Dharma Shastras in the Vedas and do those activities to atone his sins. So this is Karma Kandic activity of atonement of the sins. He did not speak about devotional service yet to Sukadeva, uh, to Parikshit Maharaj. As stated in Bhagavad Gita 14.26, Mam Chayo Vyabicharena Bhakti Yogena Sevati Sagunan Samiti Taitan Brahma Bhuyaya Kalpati. Devotional service is so strong that if one fully surrenders to Krishna and takes fully to his devotional service, the reactions of sin, his sinful life immediately stops. So this is the power of Bhakti Yoga. Chanting of the Holy Name, hearing of Krishna Kada, what it is going to do is it is going to not only give us relief from the previous sins that we have done, but it will also remove the urge to do sin in future. See, the karmakarnic activities, there is a loophole there or there is a drawback there. They will only clear off the sin that you have done previously, but they don't purify your mind. Sometimes when we are performing those karmakarnic activities, we may get, when we do that sincerely, without any kind of uh, ulterior motive or uh, ahankara, uh, by devotee's mercy or by Krishna's mercy or by priest's mercy, we may get that change of heart inside us that let me not do this sin again. But most of the times people easily forget the punishment that they have got for the sin or for the mistake they have done and they engage themselves in mistake again. Because the attachment to the sense gratification, attachment uh, to the body, uh, uh, the realization that I am this body is very strong. Conditioned souls, we are very much conditioned to our bodies. So we won't have the strength not to sin again. We don't have the strength, we don't have the purification of the heart. If the purification of the heart doesn't happen, then there is high probability of us sinning again. So we should actually fix the root cause of the sin rather than fixing the symptoms. So we see that uh, in any place we hear this word, fix the root cause of this thing, don't fix the symptom. So atonements, the karmic current atonements are just fixing the symptoms of it, not the root cause of it. But practicing, practicing devotional service is fixing the root cause of it, removing the tendency to sin from the heart. And it's very hard. Because we have, we have conditioned our lives from so many lifetimes. We have so many impressions of sense enjoyment. So it's very, very hard unless we take shelter of the devotional service. Elsewhere in the Gita, 18.66, Lord Krishna urges that one give up all other duties and surrender to him. And he promises, Aham tvam sarva pape I shall free you from all sinful reactions and give you liberation. This is a big promise which Krishna is doing in 18.66. Just forget about everything. Engage yourself in performing devotional service. Surrender all your duties to me. So he says that in 5th chapter of Bhagavad Gita also. Like, you know, offer all your duties to me. They, if there is any sin in the performance of their duties or anything that will be removed, like how Krishna promises, cook and offer food to me. I will remove all the sins in the preparation of that prasadam and I will make it sin-free and merciful for you. If you are not offering and eating, then you are just eating sin. Our sin starts from there itself, actually. 
if we get tempted to sense gratification and if we start eating uh, the uh, unoffered fruit, if we take, if we are really serious about our serious, uh, about our devotional life, if we are serious about the words of Krishna, because Krishna and Krishna's words are not different, and Krishna is not joking, and he says in the third chapter. So when we take those instructions very seriously, we will know how eating prasadam itself can save us from so many uh, sinful actions. So Krishna says that. So he similarly in 18.66 Krishna says, just surrender to me, have faith, surrender to him, uh, surrender to him and perform all your duties. Then he will remove all the sinful reactions and give liberation. Therefore, in response to enquiries of Parikshit Maharaj, Sukadev Goswami, his guru, could have immediately explained the principle of bhakti. But to test Parikshit Maharaj's intelligence, he first prescribed atonement according to Karmakanda. So this is the word which Prabhupada says in the purport. Like he can immediately say that bhakti is the solution. If we, if we all know, Krishna also doesn't give bhakti as solution to Arjuna immediately. Because bhakti is performed by the intelligent people. And not unlike how the people think that people who perform bhakti or sentimentalists not intelligent or not. Bhakti is actually performed by the intelligent people who know that it is the solution and it removes from roots all kinds of things and makes us guaranteed position, gives us a guaranteed uh, place in the spiritual world. So he did not tell that as we discussed. So from Karmakanda there are 80 authorized scriptures. There are 80 scriptures. And people will often get confused. It is told like this here, it is told like that here. Should I do this before or should I do that before? These ingredients are good or not? So there are so many confusions in performing the karmakandic activities. People, first of all, those who are performing are not learned, unfortunately, these days. They don't have time to lead the Manu Samhita. They just read some kind of performing pujas and they perform them and they pose themselves as a learned uh, brahmanas, but they have to read completely the Manu Samhita, 80 scriptures, and then propose a atonement for us. In these scriptures, one is advised to counteract his sinful activity acts by performing other types of brutic actions. This was the path first recommended by Sukadev Goswami to Maharaj Parikshit. And actually, it is a fact that one who does not take to devotional service must follow the decision of these scriptures by performing pious acts to counteract his to counteract to his impious acts. This is known as atonement. So this is not entirely wrong or false or useless. It, it do atone our sins. But as I said, first of all, we should accept we have sinned. And we should remember what kind of a sin we have done. Because if we don't know what kind of a sin we have done, uh, we, have done we need to go and search in that book based on the sin that we have performed. And we need to have a Ritvik who can perform those pujas properly uh, to get atonement from that sin, uh, who can help us to atone from that sin. But the process and the pujas, they are not unreal or they are not false. They are true for those who don't take up the devotional service to, uh, to do those things, to reduce their sins so that they don't go to hellish planets or to reduce those sins so that they don't experience hellish planets in the earth itself when they are living. We'll go to eighth verse. Tasmat purvaivas ihapapa nishkrutau ete tamrutyor avipadyatatmana Doshasya drustva guru lagavam yatha Bishar chikite chikitse tarujam 
निधानवेत तस्मात पूर्वैवसाविह पाप निष्कृतौ एते च मृत्योरविपद्यात्मना दोषस्य दृष्ट्वा गुरुलाघवं यथा विषक्षिकित्सेतरुझां निधान्वति निधान निधनाज Atmana with a body, doshasya of the sinful activities, drushtva, estimating, gurulagavam, the heaviness or lightness, yatha, just like, vishak, a physician, chikitseta, would treat rujam of disease, nidhana with one who is expert in diagnosis. Therefore, before one's de- next death comes, beautiful word Prabhupada uses, before one's next death comes, that means we have we died before many times i mean if we are in the bodily form if we have that realization not like soul soul never dies and soul never is never born before one's next death comes as long as one's body is strong enough one should quickly adapt the process of atonement according to shastra otherwise one's time will be lost and the reactions of his sin will increase as an expert physician diagnoses and treats a disease according to its gravity one should undergo atonement according to the severity of one's sins so here tasmat sukadev goswami is warning you know before one's next death comes as long as one's body is strong enough because if we are getting old our body won't be strong enough to perform all these uh, atonements the biggest atonement i was reading bhagavat pradipika and biggest atonement people uh, generally perform is visiting the holy places taking bath in ganges and we know how um, uh, in the bhagavad gita and many other places we hear uh, two things powerful than ganges that is association of devotees lava matra association of a devotee can uh, give us a purification uh, so quickly than the ganges and even in the first canto first chapter when the rushis are asking uh, questions to sukadeva goswami suta goswami saunaka and all the rushis in the beginning of the first canto when they ask uh, suta goswami um, six questions they tell how the association of devotees so so powerful Uh, then taking bath in ganges but generally people who don't take up to the devotional service uh, they go to all these places for atonement actually so here is warning sukadev goswami is warning therefore before one's next death comes as long as one's body is strong because we need the body to be strong to perform all these atonements as we are getting aged or if not even aged if our body is sick we may not be able to perform all these atonements one should quickly adapt the process of atonement according to shastra so this is underlining rule that there is no uh, man made things shastra proposed by krishna narayana tells even the atonement and we have to follow the shastra 
We have to have faith in Shastra, follow the Shastra, the process of atonement. Otherwise, one's time will be lost. Otherwise, one's time will be lost. Time will not wait for us to atone for our sins so that saying that, you know, I, if let's say next minute is my death, I say that, please, Yamaraja, I have done, I know, I only remember two or three sins that I have done. Can, can I quickly go back and atone for them and then come back so that I don't go to hellish planets? No. Time doesn't wait for any one of us. A minute wasted unnecessarily. You know, we, our mind is so such an enemy if it is not controlled, will make us revolve around our false ego about how people are thinking, how people are perceiving about us, uh, how, uh, how somebody else is growing, how something is happening in the outside world. We engross ourselves so much so in that and then we lose time. Those who doesn't know the value of the time, especially the devotees who are serious about their spiritual life, sincere, should know the value of time and make sure that we have engaged the time that we have now in the performance of devotional service. Otherwise, time will be lost. So, Sukadev Goswami here telling Parishit Maharaj, time will be lost and the reactions of his sins will increase reactions of his sins will increase because we are wasting the time, we are not doing atonement, we are engaging it in sense gratification and when we are behind the sense gratification, we will be sinning more and more and our sins will be increasing. As an expert physician diagnoses the tree and treats a disease according to its gravity, one should undergo atonement according to the severity of one's sins. So if we know what is the sins that we have performed, we know, if they know the severity of it, for all this, we have to refer Sastra because the problem with us is, first of all, we don't accept we sin. Second, we don't accept the severity of our sins. Then, if we accept these two, then we will look for atonement if we believe that there is a hellish planet after the death without which we have to go. So, all these things should be happening. Purport. The Dharma Shastras like the Manu Samhita prescribe that a man who has committed murder should be hanged and his own life sacrificed in atonement. So this is the Manu Samhita's wording. Like if somebody is committing a murder, they should be hanged. Then they will atone and they will not go to the hellish planets after leaving the body. Previously, this system was followed all over the world. But since people are becoming atheists, they are stopping capital punishment. This is not wise. Herein it is said that a physician who knows how to diagnose his disease prescribes medicine accordingly. If the disease is very serious, the medicine must be strong. The weight of a murderer's sin is very great and therefore, according to Manisamita, a murderer must be killed. By killing a murderer, the government shows mercy to him because if a murderer is not killed in this life, he will be killed and forced to suffer many times in future lives. So, if a judge or a government gives a capital punishment to somebody who has killed somebody, then actually they are showing mercy so that he don't suffer the sin of killing somebody in his future lives. But if we advocate about Life for life is not a solution. Capital punishment is not a solution. And then give them, uh, uh, give them relief from punishment. Then actually we are not being merciful to them. We are actually encouraging them to sin more or encourage them. Uh, we are actually letting them to suffer more in their future lives. Since people do not know about the next life and the intricate workings of nature, they manufacture their own laws but they should properly consult the established injections of the Sastras and act accordingly. So all the judiciary systems should refer to Manusamita and prepare their laws, not their own laws, and then give punishment according to those laws. 
In India, even today, the Hindu community often takes advice from expert scholars regarding how to contract sinful activities. That is the right way to do. If we have any scholar who have read Manu Samhita, or if we are really going those who are not into devotional service, or when you are preaching, if somebody coming and speaking about that, and if they don't have belief on the chanting of the holy name, or devotional service, then at least we should guide them to a proper scholar who have read the Manu Samhita or the Dharma Shastras, so that they can direct them to a proper atonement. Most of the time the sadhus that we find in India or the people who suggest the atonements, they are not well learned. They are not well versed in the sastras. And they will say something uh, in which they have a benefit. Like, you know, you donate here, you do this, you give me this much money, I will do this. So in that way, they are all again misled. So they need, they need to find a proper scholar to perform the counter act uh, for their sinful activities. So if we see the karmakandic activity of uh, atonement is not that straightforward and easy. First of all, we need to have a proper scholar who knows what is the atonement. We need to know our sin. We need to know the severity. Then only we can do the atonement. In Christianity, also there is a process of confession and atonement. Therefore, atonement is required. And atonement must be undergone according to the gravity of one's sinful activities. So atonement is required, but it should be done in an authorized way based on the gravity of our sins. That is what Sukadeva Goswami is telling. Now what Parishit Maharaj answers. Ninth verse. Sri Rajovacha Drushta Srutabhyam Yat Papam Jananapyatmano Hitam Karoti Bhuyo Vivasaha Prayaschittam Atokatham Sri Rajovacha Drushta Srutabhyam Yat Papam Jananapyatmanohitam Karoti Buyo Vivasaha Prayaschittam Atokatam Sri Rajovacha Parishit Maharaj replied Drushta by seeing Srutabhyam also by hearing from the scriptures or law books Yet, sins, papam, sinful criminal action, <clears throat> janan, knowing, api, although, atmanaha, of his self, ahitam, injurious, karoti, he acts, buyaha, again and again, vivashaha, unable to control himself, prayaschittam, atonement, atho, therefore, katham, what is the value of? He is saying here, Maharaj Pariksit said, one may know that sinful activity is injurious for him because he actually sees that a criminal is punished by the government and rebuked by people in general. And because he hears from scriptures and learned scholars that one is thrown into hellish conditions in the next life for committing sinful activities. Nevertheless, in spite of such knowledge, one is forced to commit sins again and again, even after performing acts of atonement. Therefore, what is the value of such atonement? Such a beautiful answer, uh, question, Parishit Maras. He did not take that karmakandic solution and uh, got satisfied. He analyzed it and he understood that, I agree that people listen to the scriptures or people see when somebody else is punished, they know that they will also be punished for that 
sin and they may be like uh, aware of all those things and they may atone also once for that sinful but in spite of all this knowledge uh, Guru Maharaj, Sukadev Goswami one is forced to commit sins again and again but I am not able to control the tendency to sin again and again people are not stopping the sin after taking the punishment, after knowing they will be punished after knowing there is hell a place where they are going to suffer but these people are not stopping sinning again and again even after performing the acts of atonement so that means there is no value in this kind of an atonement when, which is not purifying them which is not fixing the root cause of sin which is only fixing the symptoms which is not fixing the actual disease of not sinning so what is the use of this kind of an atonement Sukadev Goswami so that is Katam Katam Prahishchitam what is the use he is asking Drushta Srutabhyam Yat Papam they see, they hear they know about all those things Jananam Apyatmano Hitam they know that these are all Ahitam Hitam means good so Sukadev Parikshit Maharaj is saying Ahitam all these jivas know that this is not good for me this is wrong, this is sin, this will bring me sin janana pyatmano ahitam but still karoti bhuyo vivasaha vivasaha helplessly that somebody is forcing them, somebody is pushing them they are bound to do that sin karoti bhuyo why they are doing again and again prayaschittam atokhatam what is the use of that kind of a prayaschittam which is not stopping them from sinning again and again. So that is the concern of Parikshit Maharaj. In some religious sects, a sinful man goes to a priest to confess his sinful acts and pay a fine. But then he again commits the sins and returns to confess them again. This is very famous. Repeated offenders. They go, they do, they come back and they feel bad. Again they do. See, we may be thinking these people are somewhere else. It's not me. But most of the times it's us also. We have so many anger, jealous, envy. We know anger is wrong. We know jealousy is wrong. We know being envious is wrong. We know speaking harsh words is wrong. We do. We feel bad. We uh, want to stop it. And then we do again. We don't seek shelter of the holy name. We don't catch the lotus feet of the Lord asking him to remove this sin from the heart we don't accept, sometimes devotees themselves don't accept that they are doing something wrong when we are very puffed up by our devotional practice when we become, when we are uh, senior anarthas, the anarthas that if we are not able to avoid anarthas sraddha, sadhu sangha, bhajana kriya, anartha and then comes nishta Steadiness in our devotional service comes when we avoid anardhas. We do anardhas from various angles. So if we are not stopping those anardhas, nista, steadiness in our devotional service will not come. So similarly, in some religious sects, in Christianity or in some other places, they go, they confess to the priest and they go outside again and they sin. This is the practice of a professional sinner. Professional sinner, repeated offender. Go sin, we see this in uh, in India also, people who earn money in illegal ways uh, they go, they uh, do one kind of a religious activity they think that they are atoning their sin and they come back and they do sin again 
Parishad Maharaj's observations indicate that even 5,000 years ago, it was the practice of criminals to atone for their crimes, but then commit same crimes again, as if forced to do so. It is an age-old practice. We think that it is only now, but Prabhupada also highlights here that from 5,000 years ago also, it is the same thing. Therefore, owing to his practical experience, Parikshit Maharaj saw that the process of repeatedly sinning and atoning is pointless. It's no use. You sin, you go and say sorry. So we hear this often, right? Sorry actually should be shown in the behavior, not just words, like, you know, lip service. It's just a lip service, I'm sorry. Or sometimes we do sorry, say, we say sorry to exhibit that, see I'm, how I'm great. See, when we say sorry also, we don't say wholeheartedly. We say, if you think that I have done a mistake, I'm sorry. It's not, we don't straight away say that I might, I definitely might have done a mistake, which I'm not realizing, or uh, which might have caused you a hurt. Our ego comes in a way, not letting us to admit that. And we say that if you think that I have done something wrong, I am sorry. We don't there also openly agree and say sorry. So that's why the purification part doesn't happen actually. So sorry should not be a lip service. Sorry should be shown in our behavior. The change should come in our behavior. Regardless of how many times he is punished, one who is attached to sense enjoyment, who commits sinful acts again and again, until he is trained to refrain from enjoying his sins. So this is the problem. We are forced to do the sins because, as Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Kama Yeva Krodha, Kama Yesha Krodha Yesha. These are your eternal uh, enemies, Krishna, Arjuna. Kama and Krodha. Lust and anger are your eternal enemies which push you to do the sinful activities. And these eternal enemies conquer your mind, your senses, your intelligence. And they force you, they make you think that you are this body. And then they pull you into the sense gratification. And when you are attached to the sense gratification, because that lust and anger is sitting even in your intelligence, you lose the power to discriminate what is right, what is wrong. You run behind that sense gratification. I just want it. I don't care whether it is right or wrong, right, right way to get it or wrong way to get it. I just need it now. I'm just angry. I have to speak all the words that are coming into my mind, put them down, speak them mean. I just have to do it. I cannot stop my anger. Until I say those words, I cannot stop it. We don't take a break from our lust and anger and think. If we put a pause button, if we put a break, if we control and say that, this is how I'm feeling right now, but let me take a break, 10 minutes, just sit down and think or give me give myself a break an hour half an hour and then let me think whether what I am doing in this anger and lust right or wrong whether this is going to take me towards Krishna or take me away from Krishna that is at the devotees level at the normal level generic level whether it is according to the Shastra or not whether it is my Dharma or not how I am going to atone for the sin that I am going to do I am going behind this a fraction of second of sense enjoyment, but how I am going to atone for this sin? This kind of thinking will come when we take a break, when we mind our own mind, when we mind our own emotions. We are the best persons to do that, because in mind also we do, which nobody outside can see that. The word vivasa is used herein, indicating that even one who does not want to commit sinful acts, will be forced to do so by habit because the mind is tuned to engage in sense gratification. Mind is tuned 
to react to the anger and lusty things. Now we have to change the tuning of the mind. If we don't change the tuning of the mind, mind will go behind those things. And how do we change the tuning of the mind? By practicing the devotional service. By fixing the problem in, at the root level. But here, Sukadeva Goswami did not speak about it yet. And Parikshit Maharaj is asking out of his experience that the solution which Sukadeva Goswami has proposed is not going to solve the root cause of the problem. Parikshit Maharaj therefore considered the process of atonement to have little value for saving one from sinful acts. In the following verse, he further explains his rejection of this process. So in the 10th verse, Parikshit Maharaj completely rejects that. Pachin nivartate abadhrat, kvachit charati tatpunaha, prayaschittam ato apardham, manye kunjara sauchavat. He's saying, well, I can elephant bath, why are you proposing this to me? Sukadeva Goswami. Kvachin, sometimes, nivartate, seizures, abadhrat, from sinful activity. Kvachit, sometimes, charati, commits, tat, that sinful activity. Punah, again, prayaschittam, the process of atonement. Atho, therefore, apardham, useless. Manye, I consider, kunjara sauchavat, exactly like the batting of an elephant. Sometimes, one who is very alert, so as not to commit sinful acts, is victimized by sinful life again. I therefore consider this process of repeated sinning and atoning to be useless. It is like the bathing of an elephant, for an elephant cleanses itself by taking a full bath, but then throws dust over its head and body as soon as it returns to the land. So, Kunjara Sauchavat. So, Parishat Maharaj is saying, it's as good as elephant bath. Sometimes, the, Parishit Maharaj is proposing an important thing here. If we do atonement, we may be clearing off the particular sin that we have performed. But, we may engage ourselves again in sin because of our previous sins. Because we, we are tend to suffer that, right? So, anardas that we do are also motivated or uh, inspired or uh, what, how do I say or forced by the previous sins that we have done so if we are not cleansing everything our sin we will be forced to do the we will be victimized by our own sinful life actually so here he's saying Kvachin nivartate abadhrat sometimes people are very careful not to commit sins Kvachit charati tatpunaha only again to be victimized by the sinful life Prayaschitam ato pardham. Therefore, I considered this prayaschitam of karmic is not going to help them. They are not going to be cleansed completely. It's as good as the elephant bath. So we can remember this kunjara sauchavat. So when we approach karma kanda for atonement of our, for our sinful activities, it looks like easy. It looks like immediate. And if we have money and little bit of time, we think that this is best than practicing the devotional service, but it is as good as Kunjara Sauchavat, elephant bath. So perfect. When Maharaj Patshik, when Parikshit Maharaj inquired how a human being could free himself from sinful activities, so as not to be forced to go to hellish planetary systems after death, Sukadev Goswami answered that the process of counteracting sinful life is atonement. In this way, Sukadev Goswami tested the intelligence of Maharaj Parikshit who passed the examination by refusing to accept this process as, a gen, as genuine. 
Now Parikshit Maharaj is expecting another answer from his spiritual master Sukadev Goswami. So Parikshit Maharaj passed his test. When Sukadev Goswami proposed uh, uh, Jnana, Karmakanda, he rejected that. Like how Arjuna also, when Dhyana Yoga and all are proposed, Arjuna brings out all the difficulties in them. And he says, and he, uh, so the questions should be like that. Again, that goes back to the questions of the sages first canto, where Sutta Goswami before talking says that your questions are so good that they will enlighten you and also enlighten everybody and bring benefit. So if Parikshit Maharaj doesn't question, Sukadev Goswami doesn't continue. So same, when we don't question, we won't find answer. It is not that we should not be questioning. We should be questioning with humbleness to know, to find the solution. So here Parikshit Maharaj completely rejected the karmic Karmakanda proposal given by uh, Sukadev Goswami saying that this atonement is not useful because people will go and again sin. So the Prashchittam that was proposed by Karmakanda is not going to help them to not sin again. So I need another solution. So from 11th verse uh, further down until 14th, 14th verse, uh, Sukadeva Goswami will give propose uh, Gnana as an atonement. Parikshit Maharaj will again reject that. And Parikshit Maharaj will further question. And then at that point of time, uh, Sukadeva Goswami establishes bhakti, performing of devotional service, uh, how it can help. So if we read a uh, second chapter, uh, sorry, uh, if we read the book, A Second Chance, um, I, I just want to read uh, something from there and then uh, conclude uh, uh, today's session and open uh, for questions, corrections, rectifications and all. So chanting of holy name is so powerful. So whenever I conclude my any of the sessions, uh, this is something I tell to myself rather than telling to all the devotees because all the devotees might be wonderfully chanting. Uh, some people who are very new, who come with an aspiration or with an expectation that, oh, there may be someone, something else other than chanting of the holy name uh, for my problems in life. But chanting of holy name is solution for any kind of problems that we are going through, through our mind, body, word, anything, anything. I was reading Srila Prabhupada Rila Amrita. Prabhupada actually experiences heart attack, first heart attack. And uh, uh, his disciples, uh, he asked them to give massage to his left part of the body uh, because he was experiencing uh, heart attack. At that point of time, they all come and tell that uh, different places in different temples. By then, he has already established temple in uh, south side, uh, sorry, in uh, west coast and all. So when Prabhupada learns that people are chanting for him, Prabhupada feels so satisfied. So chanting is the solution for anything. And Prabhupada establishes that by his actions. He asks devotees to chant. And when we see many senior uh, sannyasi uh, gurus, um, when they undergo certain kind of health issue or anything, <clears throat> they were uh, devotees and disciples were asked to chant. So chanting of the holy name is very powerful. It's not an ordinary thing. So if we are not really having the faith in the chanting of the holy name, we should be reading about the chanting of the holy name or Ajamila stories again and again, again and again. To first of all, uh, you know, we should chant and we should also read the glories. 
so chanting of holy name is very glorious, very powerful. So Srila Vishwanath Chakravati Thakura provides an additional insight into the power of holy name in his commentary to verses 9 and 10. He writes this commentary in the form of a dialogue concerning how one can become free from all sinful actions simply by chanting the holy name of the Lord. So Vishwanath Chakravati Thakura puts that in a dialogue form. Some may say, it may be accepted that by chanting the holy name of the Lord, one becomes freed from all the reactions of sinful life. However, if a person commits sinful acts in full consciousness, not only once but many, many times, he is unable to free himself from the reactions of such sins, even after atoning for them for 12 years or more. How is it possible then that simply by once chanting the holy name of the Lord, one immediately becomes freed from the reactions of such sins. <coughs> Vishwanath Chakravati Thakura replies by quoting verses 9 and 10 of this. The chanting of the holy name of Lord Vishnu is the best process of atonement for one who steals gold or other valuables, for a drunkard, for one who betrays, betrays a friend or relative, for one who kills a brahmana or for a person who indulges in sex with the wife of his guru or another, or another superior. It is also the best method of atonement for a person who murders his father, the king or woman, for one who slaughters cows and for all the sinful men. All sins chanting of the holy name, chanting the names of Vishnu is powerful. Simply by chanting the holy name of Lord Vishnu, such sinful persons attract the attention of the Supreme Lord who then considers, because this man has chanted my holy name, my duty is to give him protection. One may atone for sinful life and vanquish all sinful reactions by chanting the holy name. And this is beyond ordinary atonement. So chanting of holy name is beyond ordinary atonement. Ordinary atonement may temporarily protect a sinful person, but it does not completely cleanse his heart of the deep-rooted desire to commit sinful activities. Therefore, Atonement is not as powerful as the chanting of the holy name of the Lord. In the Sastras, it is said that if a person only once chants the holy name and completely surrenders into, unto the lotus feet of the Lord, the Lord immediately considers him, his ward, like his son, his kid, and is always inclined to give him protection. So, chanting of holy name is not an ordinary atonement. It cleans the deep-rooted desire to sin from the heart without even we realizing it. The only thing that we have to do is Sravanam and Kirtanam. Keep listening to Bhagavatam keep, uh, and uh, keep chanting. This is confirmed by Sridhar Swami. Thus, when Ajamila was in a great danger being carried away, carried off by the order carriers of Yamaraja, the Lord immediately sent his personal order carriers to protect him. So Lord does this. For in the case of Gajendra, in the case of Bharat Maharaj, Lord, Lord makes them remind their devotional service and the prayers they have learned and makes them pray. Even that Lord only does. Ajamila was freed from all sinful reactions. The Vishnuduta spoke on his behalf. Ajamila has named his son Narayana and because he loved the boy very much, he would call him again and again. Although he was calling for his son, the name itself was powerful because the name Narayana is not different from Lord Narayana. When Ajamila named his son Narayana, all the reactions of his sinful life were neutralized 
and as he continued calling his son and just chanting the holy name of Narayana thousands of times he was actually unconsciously advancing in Krishna consciousness there is a little bit more I may stop here uh, this is I'm reading from the second chance book um, 11th um, 11th chapter I guess accumulated benefits from chanting the holy name so devotees can go and read um, I don't want to waste uh, further extent there is here uh, uh, Vishnu Chakravarta Kur answers like can it be called as an Ama Parada so I'll just quickly read maybe few minutes I'll quickly fastly read one may argue since Ajamila was constantly chanting the name of Narayana how was it possible for him to be associating with a prostitute and thinking of wine by his sinful actions he was bringing suffering from suffering upon himself again and again and therefore one may say that only his chanting of the holy name of Narayana at the time of death and not his chanting during his lifetime was the cause of his being freed however his chanting during his life would then have been aimed Nama Parada Namo Bhalad Yasyahi Papad Buddhihi one who continues to act sinfully and tries to neutralize his sins by chanting the holy name of the Lord is an Ama Paradi, an offender of, to the holy name. This is very important. We should not think that I will sin and I will chant. I will sin and I will chant. That is an Aparada, Nama Parada. So in response to that question, people may ask saying that uh, because Ajamila has a sinful life, did he not perform an Ama Parada? So we all may be seeing this in second and third chapter of sixth canto. I'm just reading here. In response, it may be said that Ajamila's chanting throughout his life was inoffensive because he did not chant the name of Narayana with the purpose of counteracting his sins. He did not chant the name and thinking that I'll go and sin. Ajamila did not do that. He sinned. At that time, he did not think that I will chant and I'll go and sin. He was not aware of that. He was in so much illusion that he did not realize he was addicted to sinful actions. Nor did he know that his chanting of the holy name Narayana was neutralizing them. He was not knowing that he was progressing towards Krishna consciousness by just calling his son Narayana even though he was sinning. So he did not purposefully did Nama Aparada that I am going to do and do an Aparada, I am going to be sinful and I go come, come back and chant or I go to the temple and uh, uh, do the atonement. Thus during his life he did not commit an Nama Aparada and his repeated chanting of holy name of Narayana while calling his son may be called pure chanting. Because of his pure chanting, Ajamila unconsciously, see this is what we all need to do. This is the point that attracted me to bring this snippet uh, from that book. <coughs> whether we have problems or not, whether we are uh, uh, having a, a, a ruchi, whether we are having a interest or not, we have to sit down and chant. That's it. Because of this pure chanting, Ajamila unconsciously accumulated the results of bhakti, <coughs> devotional service. Indeed, even his first utterance of the holy name was sufficient to nullify all the sinful reactions of his life. To cite a logical example, a fig tree does not immediately yield fruits, but in time the fruits are available. Similarly, Ajamila's devotional service grew little by little and therefore although he committed very sinful acts the reactions did not affect him. In the Sasrat it is said that if one chants the holy name of the Lord even once the reactions of the past, present or future sinful life 
do not affect him. To give another, another example, if one extracts the poison fangs of a serpent, this saves the serpent's future victims from poisonous effects, even if the serpent bites repeatedly. Similarly, <coughs> if a devotee chants the holy name, even once inoffensively, this protects him eternally. He need only wait for the results of the chanting to mature in due course of time. So don't think that whether if we are not seeing the effects immediately, oh, chanting is not working. We just have to wait for the results of the chanting to mature and it will definitely come in due course of time for us, for our protection and for our rescue. So when we are healthy, when we are hale, when we are able to sit down and chant, we should accumulate this chanting results of bhakti as much as we can. So when I discussed this point in one of my sessions, um, uh, for Mataji who was very, very new, who was very much into Karmikant, and I said that, you know, why don't you accumulate your chanting and keep it for your useful? A couple of years back, I just suggested that, you know, when you are healthy and hale, just chant and just chant and keep that accumulation. So this was inspired from uh, this snippet from Vishnu Chakravarti Takus. And now I see that Mataji being so regular for chanting, so regular for Bhagavatam classes, so much advanced in her spiritual life. So we never, we, we can't even imagine how our chanting helps and how our chanting brings, uh, uh, purifies us and how it nullifies the reactions of our sinful acts which we don't know now. Uh, we, we are not aware of the sins that we have done in the past, present and we may be doing in the future. So we should never ever leave the uh, shelter of holy name. And this particular canto, the first three chapters, or nectar which establishes the importance of holy name, chanting of the holy name of the Lord. So I would like to conclude here um, by chanting once, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Um, uh, devotees, please uh, share your uh, opinions, feedback, questions, comments, corrections. Hare Krishna Mataji, Vandvat Pranam, all glories to Shila Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj. Can you hear me? Yes, Mataji, I can hear you. Please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Shila Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj. Yes, Mataji, very nice class. You very nicely explained that the tendency to commit sinful activities does not go away even though we do so much atonement. It is just like um, the bathing of an elephant. So it was wonderful. And you said the only way it can be eradicated from the root of our heart is by chanting the holy name of the Lord. So you gave the nutshell and the summary of these verses very beautifully. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Thank you so much, Mataji, for your association. Hare Krishna Mataji, thank you for your wonderful class, um, very nice, uh, you know, explanation, I like the way in the beginning you, you know, you, just like we go to the temple, we chant the holy name to, you know, recollect our mind from material to spiritual and then we start the class, so you kind of gave a summary so that, uh, you know, really helped, I really like that, uh, if you did that in the beginning, and uh, of course you always stress on the chanting of the holy name, which is, 
solve all the problem that is a big takeaway for me uh, for today you know and uh, one thing i want to ask you mataji did you cover the chapter the verse 10 yes mataji you covered that okay yeah because i heard you mentioning about the elephant yeah i told yeah that is yes. the 10th verse yes so on verse 8 when we come to the purport it says that uh, by killing a murderer the government shows mercy to him because if a murderer is not killed in this life he will be killed and forced to suffer many times in future lives so mm -hmm. for example if a person is uh, say killed uh, not given punishment mm -hmm. in this life you know people overlook it or sometimes you know they give money and the person is mm -hmm. let say mm -hmm. politicians or whatever mm -hmm. now it will be killed and forced to suffer many times in future lives so yeah. why is it many times in future life because see the punishment to wohi hai right so it has been overlooked so uh, why will he uh, that means our judges should be very very krishna conscious uh, our supreme court judges because they will not give say punishment or they are uh, you know like not uh, then uh, you know it's like a lot of suffering for the other person and that is not the case at present so uh i'm just wondering why is it many times because you know it's not a person's fault if he has not been caught uh and then you know he's got away or whatever he's been not been truthful but then he gets it many times so it's like uh you know just little bit if you explain this he sins more when you delay the punishment he sins more mathi any punishment when we delay uh they think that they have escaped it so they on strength of it they will sin more more and more so they will be uh, punished more and more for that sin like so it's mainly because of that like if you don't stop it at the beginning level like if you have an infection or something if you don't uh, crab it at the beginning level uh, it will spread more and it will cause more damage it is same as like this if you are not crabbing that uh, uh, that uh, Now, if you are not punishing that sinful act of that person in the beginning he will he will not just sit calm like say he will not become a sadhu he will not become him purify himself or anything he becomes a repeated offender like uh, he becomes a professional sinner because now that i got away i could i know how to do that so they become a repeated sinner so we are like uh, we are giving him uh, a green signal to sin again and then he does not sit and he keeps uh, doing the sinful activities so he he accumulates his punishment so that's what even in the beginning parikshit maharaj says that you know it's when uh, that's why this is something a lesson which i learned very hard way in my beginning of my devotional life when i started my devotional life like as soon as i entered a devotional uh, uh, life and then i was into a lot of uh, problems like uh, and then i was very young and uh, i don't know how to Uh, understand then one senior devotee came and then good mataji good that you are suffering let your sin go away uh, you know in the form of suffering the sin goes away so one day or the other we have to suffer for the sinful actions which we have done and when you are getting sufferings uh, i i want you to look from this perspective so i was very young, like in my 20s that time and then very new to devotional service but that statement from that prabhu i still remember and i kind of made me Uh, thinking like oh okay so suffering immediately for the wrong doings that we do make us prevent us from doing it again 
but many times we don't know that we have done the wrong we have caused the hurt so we get away with that nature get away with that behavior and we do more and more sins and we accumulate more and more sinful reactions and then we suffer more and more for that that's okay. how it goes when it goes to krishna's court see we always think that what as a as a parents we think that oh i love the kid so much let me not punish him for the things he is doing uh, i i he, if not me who will understand them let me love him so much let me not speak he is not listening to me let me not even say let me not even speak but we are also have a responsibility like how the judge the rulers king has a responsibility like that a parent also has a responsibility to say to tell that you are doing wrong you are going to suffer for it and we if we are if they are very young we have a little bit of right to give them time out a punishment giving taking away the privileges and all those things but as they grow big we cannot do that but we can at least tell them that what you are doing is not right this is sin you are going to suffer for this we at least need to educate them so that they know and they don't become an offender again and again and coming back to your question i was again going back, i'll go back to sri prabhupada rilamrita when sri prabhupada go back, goes back to vrindavan uh, it happens to be vakti siddhanta saraswati chakur's uh, appearance day and uh, he kind of um, requests all his uh, god brothers to come together and have a common agenda like yesterday uh, prabhu was saying like they were they were not having a common agenda everybody have having their own way in that uh, in that speech prabhupada writes like when will uh, high court judge be putting a tilak and giving the uh, rule uh, giving the verdicts uh, when will be a government officer be a vaishnava so as you said like you know the judges should be more krishna consciousness actually that is what prabhupada dreamed that is what prabhupada wanted all the administrative people to be krishna consciousness so that they will properly do the things so when you said that word i just remembered that and i shared thank you mata ji and mata ji towards the end of the uh, purport of 7 it is saying something like uh, if one is it saying this that if one is not able to do bhakti then he can uh, uh, one who does not take to devotional service must follow the decisions of these scriptures of performing pious acts to counteract the impious acts yes who does not take up who does not take up to the devotional service which will fix the problem all together at least they should go and do the atonements at least they will abide to the shastras right like they will have they will start developing faith in the shastras because otherwise they will suffer whether we believe or not that's what prabhupada writes like people have become atheist and stop doing the process of atonements they are completely going to a godless civilization right so if at least if they are not taking up bhakti at least they should find a proper scholar find an atonement if they know that they have done a sin if they accept they have done a sin then they have to go and do those activities so that they can bring they can at least atone that particular sin that they have done yeah that's what prabhupada is saying okay okay and i like this point you mentioned that you know like taking out words from your mouth which are hurting or this thing to others is almost like killing a person yeah that shastra says mataji i remember when i learned this mataji where like, is this can you tell me where this is 
I will I will bring the reference. I have heard it long back, and I might have written in any book, but it is imprinted in my uh, mind so much. Uh, that's why I choose my words very carefully when I'm in anger. Like we think that we can get away by uh, speaking rude words and bad words. Yeah. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's better than not uh, hurting or because. So that's how I remember that. I will try to find the reference and share with you. Share with me, Mataji. And again, on verse seven, it says that um, mind, words, and body are not so. So whatever impasse acts one has performed in his life with his mind, words, and body. Can you quickly mm-hmm. go go through these words? Means, of course, uh, you know, uh, we we are rude to somebody, and you yep. know, we so with the with the mind and body. How does it uh, really have, with body means we're hitting someone or something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, we hit someone, right? And or for our own sense gratification for our body uh, we do all kind of illegal things or like all those things by body only we do right without body we cannot really go and hurt anybody what are the symptoms called that anything sometimes we think bad or anything from our mind because this is such a degraded age of kali of quarrel and all kinds of hypocrisy that that concession just like we have the maha mantra we have a concession that if we think uh, something negative or we feel that this person you know i don't like this person or something then we are uh, we can uh, we don't get any punishment for that i'd heard that but i'm not sure uh, but we should no not. in kali in kali kali yuga the benefit is that the papa until yeah. you perform it until you bring it out you won't be credited the sinful reactions for it whether uh, the opposite is for pious activity shastra say that pious activities you can even do with mind then you will be given credit if let's say you are old you cannot go to brindavan and do atra if you are sitting down and uh, visualizing everything and always thinking about brindavan then you will be given a credit of visiting brindavan for punya for good because kali is like so uh, degrading age where we can go so for papa it is at least like you know until you put that into action you will not be credited sin for it but uh, we cannot be like saying that you know it's only in my mind when something is in mind and when we are breeding it it will come into actions automatically one day or the other day or when in challenging situations come it kind of starts with the mind only <laughs> yeah when circumstances are Uh, un- uh, when the circumstances are unfavorable it will sit in mind but if the circumstances are favorable whatever we are breeding in our mind it will come out and it will come into actions so so we cannot be safe saying that you know oh it's in mind i cannot so prabhupad actually uh, if you all see nectar of uh, instruction first verse watch o vegam you have to control the speech hmm sober person who can tolerate the urge to speak the mind's demands actions of anger and the urges of the tongue belly and genitals these three are in one line tongue belly and genitals hmm. then have to control these three otherwise like we will be suffering yes mataji thank you so much and I'm, i'm so it's so nice you covered a couple of verses because you know as we entered the canto 6 i was thinking uh, we are, we have to finish this so we are halfway through <laughs> so i wish our you know wonderful speakers can take more verses so we can go faster more reading you know so it's nice and we can tell others also to do more verses uh, rather than just taking one verse 
thank you mataji thank you so much for uh, you know taking this class your date was not there today but still uh, i could make out that you really prepared nicely and you know it was very very beneficial for us for today and because we should always think that today is our last life the last day of our life and whatever we can do you know whatever possible so you started our day today so nicely so we can contemplate on those thoughts and continue our day with other material duties thank you mataji hari krishna thank you mataji for your thank wonderful you. and nectarian class uh, you would like to hear you more and more thank you mataji hari krishna thank you so much prabhu all krishna's mercy and guru's mercy mataji sometimes yeah. when we prepare also we cannot speak sometimes we won't prepare and we speak i wonder uh, it's all krishna's mercy and guru's mercy as long as i serve all the devotees better i am uh, i am I'm, i can see krishna's mercy thank you Thank you. Give my condolences to everyone at home. Thank you, Hari. Sure, Prabhu Ji. Sure, sure, sure. Hari Krishna. Hari Krishna. Hari Krishna, Mata Ji. Such a wonderful and powerful class, Mata Ji. As Mata Ji, Rupini Padma Ji said, it's a very uh, charging our battery, spiritual battery for today. For today, and I like the point you you explain very nicely about we should give the break. Uh, to our anger and false ego when we something happens so your classes are so helpful for practical life matters so that's why we want you to come more on our class hari <laughs> krishna thank you mataji for engaging me in service i will uh, as krishna helps me it, the local front bhakti vriksha is growing tremendously with krishna's mercy and uh, that's where i'm getting very busy you know like you have seen us here so mm-hmm. yes yes so but thank you mata ji for coming thanks. again and giving time mata ji still in cedar rapids yes prabhu still in cedar oh. rapids same place so it has to grow <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah nice mata ji thank you thank you thank you prabhu sorry vancha kalpata rupyasya कृपा सिंधुभ्यधिता अनंतकोटि वैष्णव